Good evening, listeners. Welcome to Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank. This is episode 53. I'm excited to be here with you all tonight. I'm your host, and you're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key at Newton, Georgia. I hope everyone's having a great night. It's not time to enter the late night madness. Welcome to our NFL Week 3 Games of the Week recap segment. Each week, we're going to recap two of the best 1 o'clock Sunday games, two of the best 4 o'clock games, and the featured Sunday night game, and the two Monday night games. At the end of the NFL segment, we are going to be announcing the rest of the league's scores, followed by our music news segment. But tonight, we have a special treat. We are going to start off with a game that made history tonight between the Miami Dolphins versus the Denver Broncos. Devin Acne could hear the crowd at Hard Rock Stadium chanting three more points. On Miami's final drive, the Dolphins had the ball inside the Denver Broncos 30 with less than a minute left, and they were three points shy of breaking the NFL single game scoring record. Instead, instead of sending out his kicker for a potential record-setting field goal, Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel elected to take a knee and run off the clock. It felt like chasing points and chasing a record. That's not what we came to do in this game. They almost got there anyway. The Dolphins scored the most points in the game by an NFL team since 1966. Overwhelming the Broncos 70-20 on Sunday behind the rookie speedster Acne's 203 yards rushing and Tua Tagovailoa's no-look shovel pass touchdown. The Dolphins set a franchise record for scoring and finished two points shy of the NFL's regular season record. Set back in 1966 when Washington scored 72 points against the Giants. They are the fourth team in NFL history to score at least 70 points in a regular season game or playoff game. Many of Miami starters, including Tagovailoa and star receiver Tyreek Hill, were pulled from the game early in the fourth quarter. Acne caught a 10-yard touchdown pass from Tagovailoa, the quarterback's fourth touchdown in the fourth, and Jason Sanders converted the extra point that made it 56-13 and broke Miami's franchise scoring record of 55 set against St. Louis on November 24th of 1977. 70 points is crazy, said Acne, who combined with veteran running back Raheem Mostert for eight touchdowns. That's like video game type numbers, folks. Hill caught a 54-yard touchdown pass on Miami's opening drive and route to 157 yards receiving on nine catches. Miami scored touchdowns on eight of nine drives from Mike White, replaced Tagovailoa in the fourth. Moster had his second straight multiple touchdown game with three rushing touchdowns and a touchdown catch. To be able to put up 70 points, I think that is going to be putting us ahead of a lot of teams in this league. And Tagovailoa found a wide-open hill in the Dolphins' third play of the game for the duo's fourth touchdown connection of the season. Hill had 9.7 yards of separation for the nearest Broncos defender when the pass arrived according to NFL Next Gen stats. And Tagovailoa, the NFL's leading passer, looked to his left, then flipped a four-yard pass to Acne, which gave Miami a 21-7 lead in the second. Tagovailoa, completing each of his first 17 pass attempts. Never done that before in a game, Tagovailoa said, but his no-look shovel pass 
when I did it in practice, everyone was like, oh, that was super cool. You've got to do that in the game. So that's what I did. But Tagovailoa's first incompletion came when 9.44 left in third, when he slightly underthrew Hill. He finished one completion shy of Miami's re franchise record, which was set by Ryan Tannehill back in 2015, when he completed 18 consecutive passes over a two-game span. Acne averaged 11.3 yards on 18 carries, an electric 67-yard touchdown run in the fourth that capped Miami scoring at 70. He also had a physical 8-yard rushing touchdown in the first that made it 14-0. Denver's defense down starting safety Justin Simmons, and he had a hip injury. And linebacker Frank Clark, he also had a hip injury. Got a rare stop where 4.52 left in the first half when the Dolphins could not convert on 4th and 1 at their own 34. But the Broncos punted on the ensuing drive, and Russell Wilson started the season now 0-3 for the first time in his career, as Denver simply could not keep pace with Miami scoring. Wilson was 23 of 38 with 306 yards and an interception. He had a 12-yard touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton on Denver's second possession. It was the second touchdown catch of the season for Sutton, who led Denver with 91 yards on eight catches on Sunday. Sutton had two fumbles, both of which were knocked out by Dolphin safety Javon Holland. The first led to a three-yard run by Mostert that made it 35-10 just before halftime. The second resulted in Mostert's 19-yard touchdown with catch in the third. He finished with 82 rushing yards and 60 yards receiving. Only one coach in Broncos history, folks, started out worse than the first-year coach Sean Payton has with 0-3, and that's Miami defensive coordinator Vic Fangio who lost his first four games as Denver's head coach back in 2019. And Will Lutz had kicks of 31 and 25 for Denver. And rookie Marvin Mims Jr. returned a kickoff 99 yards for a score in the fourth. Obviously, that was embarrassing and tough to watch, Coach Payton said. But aside from the kick return, there weren't a lot of positives to take from that game. Robbie Chosen, who was activated from the practice squad, caught a 68 touchdown pass from White. Receiver Jalen Waddell missed the first game of his career while in the concussion protocol after a helmet-to-helmet hit last week. Waddell has surpassed 1,000 receiving yards in each of his first two seasons, but without him, Miami's offense recorded 726 total of yards. That, folks, is mind-boggling. Unbelievable. What the Dolphins did was unnoticed around the league. I can't wait to watch it, said Detroit Lions quarterback Jared Goff said after a win when he played against Atlanta. But now we're on to our injury report. For Broncos, linebacker Jesse Joel. Denver's leading tackle left in the first half with a groin injury, and he did not return. As for the Dolphins, wide receiver River Craycraft injured his shoulder in the second quarter and was ruled out. And Jalen Phillips left just before halftime with an oblique injury. Williams left in the third quarter with a groin injury. So... In this game, it was the Miami Dolphins who took the Denver Broncos to the bank by the score of 70-20. Now we're on to our NFL Week 3 recap action. In our second game, this is between the Atlanta Falcons versus the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff faked a handoff, dropped back, and lofted a pass to a stunningly open Sam Laporta. 
Goff's tie-breaking 45-yard touchdown pass to Laporta early in the second quarter sent Detroit to a 20-6 victory over the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday in a rebound performance for the Lions. We had that play written up all week long, Goff said, but Atlanta somehow seemed to miss Laporta on the scouting report. The former Iowa star, drafted number 34 overall, was the first NFL tight end to catch five passes in each of his first two games. He surpassed the production with eight receptions for 84 yards and his first score against the Falcons. Laporta has 18 catches, the most by an NFL tight end through three games. The previous record was 17 receptions for Keith Jackson back in 1988 for the Philadelphia Eagles at the start of his three-time All-Pro career. He's a stud, Goff said. He has a great feel for the game, great hands, obviously, and great speed. The sky is the limit, and hopefully I'll play with him for a long time. But Goff was 22 of 33 for 243 yards with a touchdown and an interception. He also had a three-yard design run for a score that fooled the Falcons on third down, giving Detroit a 20-3 lead early in the fourth quarter. The Lions, who are now 2-1, earned a much-needed win after following a hype-fuel victory at Kansas City with a deflating loss at home to Seattle. Disappointing, fired-up fans desperate for a winner. We let them down last week, so we wanted to make sure we got one for them, Goff said. But the Falcons, they failed to protect Desmond Ritter, who was sacked seven times by a team that had only one sack in two games. They took us out of our rhythm early, and we never got it back, said Coach Arthur Smith. Detroit scored first, taking advantage of a favorable field position battle by forcing a punt with sacks on two straight snaps. Raleigh Patterson's 37-yard field goal capped a 48-yard drive that took 6 minutes and 31 seconds off the clock late in the first quarter. Atlanta responded with Young Ho Koo's 48-yard field goal on the ensuing drive. Laporta was wide open on the go-ahead score, and Detroit's Amon Ray St. Brown finished with 9 receptions for 102 yards and a rookie running back, Jamar Gibbs ran for 17 times for 80 yards, surpassing the 59 yards he had on the ground through the first two games. As for Ritter, he was 21-38 for 201 yards with a fumble. He felt the Falcons hurt themselves more than Detroit did. But there's a lot of times in our situation where we go out there and we beat ourselves and not play to our full potential, he said. As for rookie Bajan Robinson, he had 10 carries for 33 yards, and four catches for 27 after he had 255 yards of offense in his first two games with the Falcons. We looked like a hungry, violent defense, said coach Dan Campbell, but Detroit defensive end Aiden Hutchinson broke out a dance move after each of his two sacks, the second of which included a fumble recovery. I was waiting to do the stanky leg for about three games, <laughs> but Hutchinson's sister Mia sang the national anthem for the first time and drew a roar from the crowd with a dynamic rendition. It's added some extra nerves, he said, but I'm sure they'll have her back because she absolutely crushed it. But now, we got our injury report. And for the Falcons, Cordell Patterson had a thigh injury, was inactive after being listed as questionable. Cornerback Jeff Okadaw had a foot injury, and he returned from an injury to make his Atlanta debut against the team that drafted and traded him. As for the Lions... Offensive tackle Taylor Decker had an ankle injury, and he was inactive for a second straight game 
and offensive tackle Matt Nelson had an ankle injury. And Dan Skipper with a hamstring. They were hurt during the game. And running back David Montgomery had a thigh injury. And DB Kirby Joseph has a hip injury as also. And he was inactive. But in this game, it was the Detroit Lions who took the Atlanta Falcons to the bank by the score of 20 to 6. We'll be right back with more NFL Week 3 recap segment. You don't want to miss it. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text K4K Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's Property of the Week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre tract is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our next game of the NFL recap segment. And this is between the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Chicago Bears. Travis Kelsey was chatting with Patrick Mahomes in practice this week when he mentioned almost as an afterthought that he thought Taylor Swift would take him up on his invitation to watch the Kansas City Chiefs play the Chicago Bears. Now that's something that you don't go see every day. The reigning league MVP threw for 272 yards and three touchdowns. His all-pro tight end caught seven passes and one of the scoring throws, and the Chiefs romped to a 41-10 victory over the Bears, much to the delight of their newest fan, who joyfully pounded on the glass of her Arrowhead Stadium suite throughout the afternoon. I haven't gotten to meet her, said Mahomes, who was left answering questions about Kelsey and Swift's budding relationship. Ah, but let's get to football. Jarek McKinnon had a pair of touchdown catches, and Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire added touchdown runs helping the Super Bowl champion Chiefs deal the Bears their 13th consecutive loss dating to last season. The game was so lopsided by the third quarter that Mahomes and most of the Chiefs starters got the rest of the day off. But we got things rolling, and that's a plus against a defense that you know is banging up a little bit. Chiefs coach Andy Reid said, 
But embattled Bears quarterback Justin Fields was 11 of 22 for 99 yards with an interception and a meaningless touchdown in the final minutes. He also led the Bears with 47 rushing yards, a good chunk of that coming on a 17-yard scramble as the league's 27th-ranked offense finished with just 203 yards against one of the NFL's fast-improving defenses. We've got to keep this thing tight in our locker room. That's the most important thing, Bears coach Matt Everfloss said. But there's going to be a lot of outside noise, as there's always is in the NFL, and we've played three games so far in the season. We've got a great opportunity ahead of us, but we've got two games in 11 days, and so we're going to focus on that. Still, their poor performance on Sunday was a brutal end to a dismal week of distractions. In the span of a few hours, Bears defensive coordinator Alan Williams abruptly resigned, citing the need to take care of my health and family, and Fields had to walk back some comments that he made. So Everfloss was left to call the defensive plays on Sunday, which is a very tough thing to do in the league and being a head coach. But Tampa Bay and Reed proceeded to make the former Indianapolis Colts coordinator look utterly lost. The Chiefs began their assault with the first of Mahomes' two touchdown passes to McKinnon, then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scored from a yard out to make it a 14-0 early lead in the second quarter. But when the Bears punted the third consecutive time, Mahomes hit McKinnon again to extend the lead, and Kansas City proceeded to score on its next four possessions. As for Fields, well, the quarterback was just not robotic, but inaccurate. When one of those league's most porous offensive lines wasn't allowing the Chiefs to pressure him, Fields was consistently missing open targets down the field. And he said, I need to be better. But he was picked off by Mike Edwards late in the first half, leading to Pacheco's touchdown run. And when Harrison Bucker added the second of his two field goals, the Chiefs were able to take a 34-0 lead into the break. Kelsey added his short touchdown catch early in the second half, celebrating in the back of the end zone by revving the engine on an imaginary motorcycle. High above the stadium, Swift clapped her hands, and they really put this together. And Mahomes recalled after the game, you're like really putting this together. The Bears have not won in Kansas City since week 5 of the 2015 season. Reed won his 271st game moving him past Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry, folks, into fourth place on the career list. Mahomes went for over 25,000 yards passing for his career. He did it in 83 games. It's unbelievable that he has accomplished so much in his career. And Mahomes turned 28 last Sunday, but Kelsey needs three more touchdown catches to pass Tony Gonzalez for second in Chiefs history for all-time passing touchdowns received. But in this regard, we got our injury report. For the Bears, starting safety Eddie Jackson was inactive with a foot injury, and cornerback Josh Blackwell was dealing with a hamstring injury, all before cornerback Tyree Stevenson had to be evaluated for a concussion. He later was deemed to have an illness and did not return. Defensive backs Jaquan Brisker and Jalen Johnson also were hobbled during the game, so that's not really great news for the Bears. They got to figure out what's going on with their organization. So, in this game, it was the Kansas City Chiefs who took the Chicago Bears to the bank by the score of 41-10. And now, 
We're on to our next game of the NFL recap segment. We've got the Dallas Cowboys versus the Arizona Cardinals. Nearly an hour after his first NFL win as a starter, Arizona Cardinals quarterback Joshua Dobbs walked through the locker room with the game ball still securely tucked in his left arm. He even brought it to the post-game news conference, finding a place for it on the... So, it feels good when you win. You gotta enjoy them. So, wins are tough to come by in this league, said Dobbs. But Dobbs knows the sentiment more than most. The 28-year-old in his 7th NFL season broke through for his first NFL win by throwing for 189 yards and a touchdown and a 28-16 win over the mistake-prone Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. The veteran backup was 0-4 as a starter before Sunday's game, losing twice last season with the Titans and two more times with the Cardinals. But Dobbs completed 17-21 passes while James Conner and Rondale Moore both ran for a touchdown. Jonathan Gannon got his first win as Arizona's coach as the franchise snapped a six-game home skid that lasted nearly a year. Hopefully one of many, Gannon said. Back to the drawing board we go for next week. The Cardinals, who are now 1-2, never trailed and went ahead 21-10 on the final play of the first half when Matt Prater made a 62-yard field goal, a low liner that just cleared the uprights. Arizona scored on all five of its possessions before the break. The Cardinals, who also led at halftime in their first two games and coughed up a 21-point advantage against the New York Giants at home last week, held on to this one this time. As for the Cowboys, now 2-1, they were called for 13 penalties that set them back 107 yards, cut the margin to 21-16 when 9.33 left in the game, thanks to a pair of field goals by Brent Aubrey. Dallas had three solid drivers bogged down inside the Arizona 10, including one that ended on a fourth down stop when Dak Prescott threw an incomplete pass. But Dak Prescott completed 25 of 40 passes for 249 yards, a touchdown and interception in the ballgame. Dallas looked like one of the best teams in the NFL through the first two weeks, drubbing the Giants 40 to nothing in week one and beating the Jets 30 to 10 in week two. But the Cowboys had a tough week at practice, losing star cornerback Trayvon Diggs for the season with an ACL injury. And those bad vibes carried over into this game. So this was a humbling loss, Prescott said. We thought we had a good opportunity to come in here, even with the adversity, and get a win. But we just did not get the job done. Midway through the fourth, Dobbs hit Marquise Brown for a two for a two-yard touchdown, pushing the lead to 28-16 with 7.22 remaining. Arizona sealed the win when Kaiser White picked off Prescott's pass in the end zone with three minutes left. White, who played for Gannon's defense in Philadelphia before they both came to Arizona during the offseason, also was among the group of players who dumped water on their coach in the celebration as the time expired. Gannon wasn't thrilled, but White wasn't apologizing. He'll be all right, White said. But Arizona was rolling from the opening drive. Dobbs ran for 44 yards on the second play of the game, rumbling down the left sideline before finally getting tracked down. The Cardinals jumped to a 9-0 lead with 6-12 left in the first quarter after Connor ran for a 5-yard touchdown. Connor finished with 98 yards rushing, and the Cardinals kept up the pressure in the second quarter with Moore, 
who is usually a receiver, taking a handoff and bursting through the middle of the line for a 45-yard touchdown run and a 15-3 lead. The Cowboys responded with a 13-play, 75-yard drive that cut Arizona's lead to 15-10. Rico Dowdle scored on a 15-yard pass from Dak Prescott, but the Cowboys looked like they got the big play they needed midway through the third quarter when Kevante Turpin ran back a 51-yard punt to the Arizona 23, but a holding call penalty was called on Devin Harper, negating the big gain and bringing the ball all the way back to the Dallas 16. It was the 11th penalty of the game for the Cowboys and arguably the most costly. But Prater's 62-yard field goal was the 72nd of his career from 50 yards or more, extending the NFL record. Sebastian Janikowski when he had 58. But in that regard, we're going to go into our injury report. As for the Cowboys, two starting offensive linemen, center Tyler Badaz had a hamstring injury, and guard Zach Martin had an ankle injury. They were inactive. As for the Cardinals, defensive lineman Zayn Collins had an eye injury, and he left in the third quarter. And linebacker Kreis Barnes had a hand injury, and he left in the fourth. But all in all, in this ball game, it was the Arizona Cardinals who took them to the bank. Yes, they did. They beat the Cowboys in this ball game. It's unbelievable to really see this happen. Congratulations to the Arizona Cardinals in this one. They got the job done. But we'll be right back with more NFL recap segment. You don't want to miss it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of the Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. 
The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key at Newton, Georgia. And now, we're on to our next game of the NFL recap segment. And this is between the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Even picking up first downs was a challenge for Pittsburgh's offense in the first two games. So much so that the fans loudly chanted for a change in the offensive coordinator. All is not settled after the Steelers' 23-18 victory over the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night. But Kenny Pickett said it was something to build upon after he passed for 235 yards and two touchdowns. The Steelers had 333 yards and 17 first downs. Fairly pedestrian by modern NFL standards. But Pittsburgh totaled just 494 yards and 24 first downs through its first two games. I think we're on the right track here with the offense, Pickett said. But there's never a perfect game. There are things we wished we had back, and that's always going to be the case. But I think we're definitely heading towards the stuff that we need to have back. In the first meeting between the franchises and Las Vegas, the Steelers earned their first road win against the Raiders since 1995. Though it didn't feel much like an away game, with about half the crowd waving terrible towels. To have a team on the silent count in their own stadium is pretty demoralizing said Steelers outside linebacker T.J. Watt, who had two sacks. It also helps to pass rush so much more. I'm very appreciative of everybody that came out tonight. Las Vegas trailed 23-7 going into the fourth quarter. It had a chance to tie the game in the final minutes, but coach Josh McDaniels settled for a short field goal instead of trying to convert a fourth and four at the eight. 
Pittsburgh, 2-1, struggles offensively in its first two games, but it looked much better against Las Vegas, who are now 1-2. Pickett completed 16-28 passes, and George Pickens finished with four receptions for 75 yards. Pickett made the necessary plays, Steelers coach Mike Tomlin said. I thought he was good in the environment. I thought he was a good communicator. He did a good job tonight. But Watt had another sensational game, recording, recording half of Pittsburgh's four sacks, less than a week after returning a fumble for the winning touchdown on Monday night against the Cleveland Browns. The Raiders were the only team that he hadn't allowed a sack through in the first two weeks. Chris Boswell made three field goals for the Steelers, including one from 57 yards. His longest is a 59-yarder against the Dallas Cowboys three years ago. Las Vegas was hurt by three more interceptions for Jimmy Garoppolo, running his total to an NFL-high six on the season. Garoppolo was evaluated for a concussion after the game. Those are plays obviously we don't want to make, McDaniel said, but Jimmy makes a lot of good plays. But obviously when the quarterbacks hold the ball, he holds the fortune of our team also in his hands when he's doing those things. A big key obviously was for us to take care of the ball. We didn't do a good enough job of that tonight. But Garoppolo was 28 for 44 for 324 yards and two touchdowns. Both of Devontae Adams and another impressive performance for the receiver. Adams finished with 13 receptions for 172 yards. And the NFL's reigning rushing champion, Josh Jacobs, had nowhere near the running game that we thought he was going to have. He finished with 62 yards on the ground, which for 17 carries, giving the Raiders just 106 yards through the first three games of a season. Not the Steelers' rushing attack hadn't really been much better, but Najee Harris did have 19 carries for 65 yards. He ended the game with just 74 yards for the season. Both teams came out with long touchdown passes. Garoppolo converted the fourth and one with a 32-yard pass to Adams, and Pickett launched a 72-yarder to Calvin Austin. The Steelers grabbed control late in the third quarter, trailing 16-7, the Raiders drove to the Pittsburgh's 48-yard line and Garoppolo dropped back, had plenty of time, but couldn't find a receiver. He lobbed the pass to the double coverage that was intercepted by Patrick Peterson. The Steelers then drove 81 yards on six plays, with Pickett completing a 13-yard pass to tight end Pat Fryermuth for a 23-7 lead with 3.56 left in the third. But Las Vegas closed the gap for 23-15 with 5.41 left in the game and Garoppolo completed a one-yard touchdown pass to Adams and then found tight end Michael Mayer for the two-point conversion. Daniel Carlson made a 26-yard field goal with 2.22 remaining to make it a 23-18 game, giving him 600 career points. Congratulations to you, Mr. Carlson. But now we're on to our injury report. Raiders linebacker Curtis Bolton injured a knee. For the Steelers, Harris and cornerback Levi Wallace went out briefly with injuries but returned in the ballgame. So, in this game, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers who, you guessed it, folks, took the Las Vegas Raiders to the bank by the score of 23-18. Now we're on to our next game of the NFL Pick'em Recap segment. Our first Monday night game between the Los Angeles Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. After missing most of training camp with a calf injury, Joe Burrow is still working his way back into his form. 
But Monday night's 19-16 win over the Rams, the first by the Cincinnati Bengals this season, went a long way. But the Pro Bowl quarterback shook off his lingering effects of the right calf strain that kept his status in doubt right up until the game time. He wasn't quite as mobile as he usually is, but didn't record a touchdown pass. But he did manage to help Bengals captivate their win. I pr pride myself on my ability to really go out there and take risks, but I didn't want to re-injure myself, and this is an injury I have to work with. Burrow finished 26-49 of for a season high, 259 yards, and also threw his second interception this season. His favorite target, Jamar Chase, broke out with 12 catches for 141 yards. Although nine different Bengals receivers were recipients of Burrow in the ballgame. Chase's longest catch was 43 yards that came during a three th during the third quarter drive that led the third of four field goals by Evan McPherson. Burrow told Chase during the pregame warm-up that he was going to play. I didn't want him to play, Chase said. It just shows that Joe was hard-headed, but he's a football player, and you always want to go out there and win. Joe Mixon's 14-yard touchdown run in the third quarter gave the reigning AFC North champs their first lead of the season. Meanwhile, linebacker Logan Wilson picked off Los Angeles' quarterback Matthew Stafford twice, and the Bengals sacked him six times. Stafford threw a one-yard scoring pass to Tutu Atwell with just one minute left in the game. And the PAT got the Rams within three points. But Mitchell Wilcox fell on the ensuing onside kick to seal the win for the Bengals. It wasn't clear until just before the game whether Burrow would play. But the injury occurred early in the training camp. And he aggravated it late in the Bengals' loss to the Baltimore last week. Burrow returned to practice on Thursday and lim had limited access. But he really got it together. The Cincinnati defense was outstanding though. And Stafford was sacked. Twice by defensive end Trey Hendrickson, and Wilson intercepted him once in each half. The second two interception game of the four-year linebacker. Our defense kept us right in this thing. Bengals coach Zach Taylor said Stafford finished 18 of 39 for 269 yards as the Rams slipped to one and two. Puka Nakoa, whose 25 receptions for 266 yards in his first two games was a rookie record led the Rams with five catches for 72 yards. And Mixon was a workhorse again, carrying 19 times for 65 yards. On Cincinnati's first possession of the second half, he went over left tackle and found a seam to score from 14 yards out. His first touchdown of the season to cap a 10-play 75-yard drive. It did feel like we were in striking distance, Rams coach Sean McVay said, but I thought the defense kept us in the game the whole night, and I thought it was really unfortunate, especially early on where we had to settle for the field goals, where we had some of the looks that we needed, and we had the opportunities to execute. But we have the ring of honor. Former quarterback Boomer Esiason and receiver Chad Johnson were inducted into the Bengals' ring of honor at halftime, an incredible moment for them. Asiason played for the Bengals from 1984 to 1992, and then again for a final season in 97. He was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Pro Bowl three times and the NFL MVP in 1988. Johnson, who was officially known as Chad Ochocinco, 
played from 20, 2008 to 2011 in Cincinnati for 10 seasons and was elected to six Pro Bowls. He still has the team's all-time receiving record in receptions, 751, and his receiving yards, 10,783, and his all-time receiving touchdowns with 66. But now we're on to our injury report. As for the Rams, offensive lineman Alaric Jackson left late in the first half with a thigh injury and didn't return. Offensive lineman Joe Nopum had a knee injury, went out in the third quarter and didn't return. But in this game, it was the Cincinnati Bengals who took the Los Angeles Rams to the bank by the score of 19-16. And now we're in our last game of Monday night. This game is between the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles are unbeaten, but not perfect or even as good as they feel they can be. Everybody wants us to be a final product now, but it's a growth. You want to grow every day, Coach Nick Sirianni said, after the defending NFC champions dominated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 25-11 on Monday night. We're not going to be playing our best football until we get going. We get our efforts going. Hurts threw for a touchdown. He ran for another and led the Eagles on a game-ending drive that lasted more than nine minutes. Philadelphia won its first eight games a year ago, and it's off to a 3-0 start in consecutive seasons for the first time since the 1992-93 season. At the end of the day, it's about catching, it's about throwing, it's about care of the football, it's about how we take away the football. It's about tackling. It's about blocking. It's about the fundamentals of the game. And that's how we got it done, Coach Sirianni said. Hertz improved to 20-1 over his last 21 regular season games. Unbelievable stat, folks. He tossed a 34-yard touchdown to Alameed Zacchaeus that helped Philly build a 13-3 halftime lead and his one-yard scoring run on a quarterback sneak gave the Eagles a 17-point advantage early in the second half. The Eagles led 25-3 by the time the Bucks finally got into the end zone on Baker Mayfield's one-yard touchdown throw to Mike Evans. A two-point conversion trimmed Philadelphia's lead to 14 with 9.22 remaining, but Hurts and the Eagles never let Tampa Bay get the ball back. At that point, we're trying and hoping to get make something interesting in the ball game, said Baker Mayfield. But we didn't play a good ball game. We really didn't, Coach Bowles said. But Hertz went four or five passing and ran for a first down on the final drive. Outside of some turnovers on my behalf, I think we did a really good job executing, Hertz said. We've got to do a better job controlling things what we can. But we got three wins under our belt, and that's what we need. So the Bucks. 2-1, lost for the first time with Mayfield, a quarterback, turning the ball over twice after playing turnover-free against Minnesota and Chicago. The Bucks' usually reliable defense struggled, yielding 201 yards rushing they allowed on the ground. A week after running for a career-high 175 yards, DeAndre Swift ran for 130 yards on 16 carries. Another amazing game for him. Hertz was 23-37 passing for 277 yards and two interceptions, while A.J. Brown finished with nine catches for 131 yards for the Eagles, one of just three NFL teams that remain unbeaten this season, along with Miami and San Francisco. Mayfield completed 15-25 passes for 146 yards, one touchdown and an interception. 
Evans had five receptions, giving him 700 in his career. It's all on us. I hope we can play them again in the future, Evans said. We had a lot of opportunities, we just didn't make them count. 12 of the past 14 teams that started 3-0 have gone on to the playoffs. That's a very good stat. But halftime, there was ceremonies. And Rondé Barber had a 92-yard interception return for a touchdown that sealed Tampa Bay in a historical win in 2002 that was memorable. But Philadelphia is perhaps the most memorable play in Tampa Bay's franchise history. But the former Bucks star was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in August and received his Hall of Fame ring of excellence at the halftime Monday night. Now we're on to our injuries report. Wide receiver Quez Watkins had a hamstring injury, and running back Boston Scott has a concussion injury, was inactive. Safety Justin Evans had a neck injury. He left the game in the first quarter. As for the Bucks, cornerback Carlton Davis III had a toe injury, and defensive lineman Kalaje Kansi remained sidelined after sitting out the previous week against Chicago. But in this game, it was the Philadelphia Eagles who took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the bank, 25-11. to 11. Now we're on to our NFL recap scores. The scores around the league. We got the Titans versus the Browns. The Browns, in dominating fashion, take care of business by the score of 27-3. The defense was suffocating in the backfield all day, making sure Tannehill had nowhere to go with the ball. Derrick Henry couldn't get anything going in the ground game. And the Browns really take care of business by pounding rock. And Deshaun Watson having a really decent day. The Chargers versus the Vikings. The Chargers get their first win of the year. This was a battle of the winless teams. Justin Herbert, decent in the football game. And it was enough because Keenan Allen, dominance out there, really makes a difference in the ball game. They finally asserted their running game, and the Vikings had nowhere to go with the football. Bills, Commanders. The Bills, in dominating fashion, won the ball game 37-3. Suffocating defense up front. Great penetration by the Bills' defensive line. And Josh Allen was dominant in this one with Stephon Diggs. And they got their ground game going with go in that regard. So then... Now we have the Texans versus the Jaguars. Texans win this game. They were not supposed to, but they get the job done 37-17. They put a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence in the offense. And the Texans dial up in all cylinders, winning this game. Now we got the Colts versus the Ravens. The Colts hang on strong, unbelievably in overtime in a thriller. And they upset Lamar Jackson and Andrews on the end, and they had nowhere to go running the football. The Colts win this game 22-19. Panthers versus Seahawks. The Seahawks keep it rolling. Two straight wins, 37-27. And they really make the Panthers falter, who have now an 0-3 start. DK Metcalf had a decent day. They got everything going, and the defense looking very strong. Cowboys versus Cardinals, 28-16, what we recapped earlier in the segment. Packers versus the Saints. The Saints were up 17-0, not until there was an injury by Derek Carr. Out for the rest of the game, and then they come back from 17 down. 
Packers get everything going with Jordan Love. The run game. Everything was fluid at that point in time and came back to win in a shocker. 18-17. This concludes our NFL Week 3 segment action. We'll be right back with Music News. You don't want to miss it. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Christman. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Christman. WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, at Noonan, Georgia. And now, we're on to our music news segment. And our first story is about a rock and roll Hall of Famer announcing making a 2024 tour. Stevie Nicks is hitting the road again in 2024. The icon announced on Monday, September 25th, that she would embark on her live new concert headlining North American tour, launching February 10th in the Atlantic City, New Jersey. The eight-show run will make stops in New York, South Carolina, Florida, Louisiana, Nebraska, and Arkansas, before closing in Arlington, Texas on March 9th, featuring support from Billy Joel. See the complete list of the dates. So all but one of the new shows is being produced by Live Nation. Tickets for the first seven shows on the run go on sale this Friday, September 29th, with tickets for the Arlington show going on sale at a later date. These just-announced shows come on the tail of Nick's current North American headlining tour, which will feature 15 shows across the United States from now until mid-December. This past July, Nick's released complete studio albums and rarities, a 10-CD set combining each of Nick's solo studio albums with a new compilation of a hard-to-find tracks. Four of Nick's albums, Rock a Little in 1985, The Other Side of the Mirror on 1989, Street Angel in 1994, Trouble and Shangri-La in 2001, were newly remastered from the Analog Masters for this new release. Now the North American dates as follows. Saturday, February 10th in Atlantic City, New Jersey at the Mark G. Atess Arena. Wednesday, February 14th 
at Belmont Park, New York at the UBS Arena. Wednesday, February 21st, Greenville, South Carolina at Bon Secours Wellness Arena. Saturday, February 24th in Hollywood, Florida at the Hard Rock Live. Wednesday, February 28th in New Orleans, Louisiana at the Smoothie King Center. Sunday, March 3rd in Omaha, Nebraska at the CHI Health Center. Wednesday, March 6th, North Little Rock, Arkansas at the Simmons Bank Arena. And to round out the tour, on Saturday, March 9th in Arlington, Texas at the AT&T Stadium. We'll be right back with our last story of music news. You don't want to miss it. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. I'm pretty handy around the house but now that i have kids i don't want to spend my saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner but thankfully there's home advisor home advisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project you can read reviews of the pros check their availability even book appointments online and what my wife loves most is that home advisor is completely free to use go to homeadvisor.com or download the free app to get started home advisor Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Are you an unsigned artist that's looking to take the next step in your career? Look no further. Your time is now. Joint Empire Troop has come to your rescue. Owners Casey Case and Cameron Winokur are ready to make your musical dreams come true. Whether you're looking to record your next track, compose your next project, or need help with mixing and mastering your existing music, we will always be here for you in your time of need. For more information, go to www.joinempiretroop.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowcatcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our last story of music news. This is about a playful story about a pop icon. Patrick Mahomes is officially this week's MVW, Most Valuable Wingman. <laughs> After learning that Taylor Swift was in attendance at Sunday night's September 24th game against the Bears, to watch 
he rumored love interest Travis Kelsey in the action. The Kansas City Chiefs quarterback joked that he felt extra pressure to throw the Chiefs tight end a touchdown scoring catch so that Kelsey could properly impress the pop star. I heard she was in the house, Mahomes said. Ha, huh, really funny. But about halfway through the game, third quarter, Kelsey caught a sparkling pass from Mahomes in the end zone, but after the play, Swift was seen next to Kelsey's mom. Yes, Donna banging on the glass of their private box suite and cheering. I think he wanted to get in the end zone just as much as all the Swifties wanted him to add, added the Mahomes. But when asked whether he felt extra heat from Swift's fans to make Kelsey look good, the musician's surprise appearance at Arrowhead Stadium adds fuel to rumors that she may be dating Kelsey, who confessed in July to having a crush on her after his unsuccessful attempt to slip her his phone number at Arrow's tour concert. Last week, he told press that he had invited the anti-hero singer to attend one of his games, an offer she clearly took up on. Very nice to see. But Mahomes recalled the way he found out from Kelsey that Swift would be making an appearance at the Chiefs game. There's some things with Trav where he kinds of just doesn't really say much. But yeah, I mean, she's a pop star. She's a tremendous singer. Tremendous at everything she does. A great singer indeed, Taylor Swift is. And it's pretty interesting that she's going, getting involved with Travis Kelsey. But here's the thing with Taylor Swift. She's been one of the best pop stars in the last decade. Consistency hitting the billboards with her different tracks. Giving back to the community. And it just so happens to be she's one with one of the biggest names in football right now, Travis Kelsey. But they can't take away from the fact of the legacy that Taylor Swift has built with her fan base, that everyone likes her in that regard. They come to her performances, and she's one of the big, biggest sellout performers there are in the entire United States at this point in time. Pretty interesting to see how this goes between them. Well, if it is true, congratulations for both of them. like to see what happens if there is that chemistry. But this is a fun-loving story. On our show with the nine nightly crowd catcher with Corey Bank. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location. Bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Welcome back! You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at Newton, Georgia. Thank you to everyone who has listened in tonight. Everyone that has supported me since I've been on the air with WQEE. Everyone, get home safe. Have a great night's sleep. And we'll see you next time. Have a great night, everybody. Take care.